welcome back to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Does that Tripoli. Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first this gay cause... couple of conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah. I think it's beautiful, man. I love their partner. <laughs> it's some mystical, deep, dark realm crazy shit. Wake up, Aaron. What the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. And welcome to another episode of Tin Foil Hat. I am your host, Sam Tripoli. Thank you guys for tuning in. Joining me, as always, my partner in crime, Ryan Davis, everybody. Oi, oi, Sam. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. We got an action-packed show. Thank you guys so much for all the kind words on the last couple episodes. We had our by far our best week last week. The numbers exploded, and it's all because of you guys. I appreciate you guys. No matter how crazy and deep we go, you guys join us. Now, a couple things we want to get into. Again, our Twitter uh, handle is Tin Foil Hat Podcast. The handle is Mad Hatter 39ers. Join us. You can see it up on the screen if you're uh, watching on YouTube. Uh, we have a couple other things going on here. We want to take. Oh, join the Reddit also. The Reddit is Tinfoil Hat Show on Reddit. Join it. We post all the uh, episodes there, and you can have a community to talk about all the craziness going on. And good news, very exciting news. T-shirts will be ready next week. Uh, we got a couple of them coming out. I think you'll be very excited about them. We have uh, two coming out, and then we have two more that we're getting ready to uh, release on you guys. And so thank you for all the support. I, I can't tell you how much I love doing this show. I look forward to Monday every week to hang out with Ryan and get this thing going. And it's just been uh, getting better and better. You know what I love that you guys, we can't shock you. Uh, as crazy as we go, you guys stick with us because you guys love uh, smart talk. You love food for thoughts. And uh, we're just going to keep trying to put better stuff. Now, a lot of you guys are sending me guests we got to get. You want? Hey, we want this guest. Hey, interview this guest. We'd love to interview them. Okay, but what we need you to do, because I'm slam busy with just trying to create empires here, uh, we need you to email us. Our email is tinfoilhatpod at gmail.com. Now, Ryan is in charge of that. Ryan is going to be the guy that kind of decides on wh who we get on the show. And you know, he's uh, I trust him on that, so I've let him kind of uh, take that over. So your sales pitch will be the Ryan. Ask Ryan uh, who you want. We're down with anybody, man. We're down with anything. We have so many podcasts coming out. We got a great guests about to come on. We're going to bring him on in two seconds. And, you know, we'll interview everybody if we think it brings love and peace and uh, understanding to the world. Totally. And bombard him on Twitter too. If you yeah, if someone, you want somebody and we want to do it, hit them up. That's how we've gotten some of our best guests. And uh, everybody loves Aaron. Aaron, are you excited for a new, uh, uh, a crazy episode? Always. Aaron, uh, I feel like we're just opening your mind to everything and I'm super exciting. Us. Uh, joining us here, our guest today, following up on our Black Sun episode. This one's, uh, we got Eddie was just out. 
So this one is uh, our next one. We're super excited about this. Joining us, he is a, uh, uh, is he the founding member or is he the man who founded it? Or is is he? Uh, he's a huge part of it. I I listened to him on the Duncan Trussell podcast uh, a couple times. He was awesome. I'm excited to have him here. Please welcome Lucian Greaves, everybody. Lucian, right? Am I, did I say it right? You did. Yes. Welcome, man. Thanks for coming on. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I love what you're doing. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat, my friend. Tinfoil Hat? Why is it called Tinfoil Hat? Uh, you know, I legitimately uh, have people wear tinfoil hats, write things about me on the internet quite a bit. Really? Interesting. Well, we're kind of like NWA. We're trying to take it back. You know, we're trying to take the word back. Uh, we think it adds a bad negative connotation. And for some reason, people like it. And it's been growing. And... You know what? We're just taking back our name. People want to call us conspiracy theorists. People want to call us uh, the lovable lunatics. But at the end of the day, we're just trying to explore uh, the world and all the characters, you know, all the different ingredients of the stew that's, uh, that makes our life and our world around us. So the tinfoil head is more your style sense than, your, than a way of life. Yeah. Necessarily. You know, what, man, it's very interesting. It's, it's, it's more about just like, hey, dude, you're coming here for st some stuff. That might scare the sheeple, might scare the people. But if you're willing to take a moment, listen to it, you know, you might learn something. And that's really what this podcast for me is about. And that's why, you know, Ryan jumped on. It's like it's really just an exploration of the world. What about what about that ignorant fucking slob Alex Jones? How do you <laughs> yeah. feel about it? Okay, that's I you know what, dude? Uh, we've talked about before. I've said it before. I think he's a shill. I, I think what he's doing right now, at some point somebody got to him. Okay, and they they basically flipped him a little bit. He has to play a little bit. He has to put out these stories that I think he gets fed to by uh, the bigger guy, uh, you know, the CIA, the deep state, whatever. And then he throws out any when he started talking about Islamic jihadists. That's why I knew we'd lost him. He wasn't he wasn't really doing what we're doing anymore. And I don't necessarily agree with a lot of stuff he says. And you know, uh, again. We're just simply people who are just exploring the world. I, I, this show's about five months old. If you would have said five months ago that I was going to be uh, interviewing someone like you, I would be like, you're fucking crazy. But I'm so excited to hear about your world and what you're into. And it's just like, I think if people come with us on this journey, they want to hear all the different types of people in the world. You know, I'm just more into... What's the official story? What's really going on? That's what I'm into. I understand that. Reasonable skepticism, that's a good thing. I wouldn't say I'm when a skeptic. It gets to Sandy Hook truthers abusing parents who lost their children. That's when, that's when I'm out. No, that's I get it. I get that's it. But, and Aaron, our resident dissident, uh, he totally grieves you. But I would tell you this. It's like I'm – this show – someone asked me today. They go – what percentage of the conspiracies do you think on your show that you've done are true? And I, that's a really great question. I didn't have a lot of time to figure I think a lot of them are true. I would interview somebody about Sandy Hook, and I'll tell you why. Because I just want to hear what their perspective is. And just like someone would look at you and go, you're a whack job or you're a crazy person, which I don't think you are at all, it would be very ignorant for me just to shut it down and not hear 
any other side of the coin. Now, am I going to say it's real or not? I'd have to hear all the information, which is the same reason I want to have you on. Is because I want to hear what you have to say. After our, our episode on Black Sun, I really started to open my mind to the whole Lucifer and Satanic and all that stuff. And it was there like a smear job, and we'll get into that later. So I would hear, you know, false flags are its own thing, and that is a real thing. And there's a history of false flags to get people to want to take certain actions and give up personal freedoms in order to protect their freedom. So, you know, in terms of Sandy Hook, that's a different episode, and that's way down the line, and we're not really getting into that, which I'm fine with it, we can, but I'd like to learn more about you and your thoughts and what you're doing out there and the and what I consider the, the good work that you're doing. But, you know, I mean, yeah, we can talk yeah. about anything you want. I didn't mean to interview you. No, 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 dude. I, dude, this thing is loosey-goosey, homeboy. We oh, go yeah. wherever we want. We might end up talking about phallic symbols in Disney films if you want to. Like, I don't, I, I'm really open to anything. This is like a free-form thing of thought. And the people who have listened to it, I think they're really open to what you have to say and what everybody has to say. And I would even interview Alex Jones, and I would tell him I don't think he's above board. I mean, the guy's built an empire. A empire, and sometimes with a lot of money, you lose a little bit of that freedom. And who knows what happened? Who knows what happened? Maybe they got to him and threatened some people, and now he has to play the ball. I don't know, man. But I would love to interview him, just like I'd like to interview you. And let's get into your whole stuff here, man. Uh, real quick, how long? Ha- okay, the Satanic Temple is that different than the Church of Satan? Yeah, it's very distinctly different from the Church of Satan. Uh- We've been around about five years, and we're the ones you always hear about in the news. We're the ones who've done the after-school program. We're the ones who are doing the invocations before city council meetings where they typically have Christian prayer. We're the ones with the Baphomet monument that we manufactured to put alongside Ten Commandments monuments on uh, state capitol grounds where they claim they've created a limited open forum where anybody can privately donate a monument. But then they shut it down, of course, when it gets to be altogether too much to actually respect free speech. Um, so we're the ones you hear about in all those cases. Uh, the Church of Satan claims the legacy of Anton LaVey, who wrote the Satanic Bible in the 1960s. That's not the manuscript we work off of. We hearken back to the Miltonic Satan of Paradise Lost and the literary romantic movement of the 19th century, where you had Shelley, Blake, uh, By- Lord Byron, writing these kind of Satanic narratives as a kind of new cultural mythic backdrop to explain the changes in the world, the, the pluralism, the diversity, and the idea that there's, uh, that we need to reconcile ourselves to enlightenment values in the modern world. Love it. And even though we're, we're atheistic, we, we view that kind of mythic backdrop as being very important to culture, to the world, uh, to our sense of cultural identity. I, uh, I, I, I'm loving everything. So, like, five years ago, were you... Were you into the Church of Satan and thought, man, I love that that glass, dude. That's an awesome glass. It says Class of 666, you know. The Satanic Temple. They got great it. merch. I great you merch. Your merch guy's amazing. Uh, so five years ago, you decided to break off, start your own. Like, how did it get started? Well, actually, I never, I never envisioned this for myself. Okay. Uh, I could literally be doing anything else, and it would be... Uh, probably more lucrative and less taxing, but but not as fulfilling. And, but uh, I have a, a, a long background of investigating satanic panic narratives. These ideas that came forward in the 80s and 90s that satanic cults were murdering children, had mobile crematoriums, 
uh, hiding backwards messages and heavy metal music using Dungeons and Dragons to indoctrinate kids into uh, drugs, homosexuality, and, and ultimately cannibalism and, and murder and cruelty and some other kinds of whatever uh, world-dominating plots of mind control or, or whatever else. Yes. Um, and so I knew that a lot of people suffered accusations of Satanism, people who had no attachment to Satanism whatsoever. However, Outliners, were... <laughs> like, you know, people would be accused of being a witch and being a demonic right, right. being just simply because they didn't fit in or just want to follow the, sh the herd, you know, and just want to do their own thing. Scapegoats, yeah. right. And it's, it's a very dangerous position to be in, uh, self-identifying as a Satanism in the wrong, wrong time and wrong place. And you never know when the those moral panics will, will rise again. So I, I wouldn't have thrown myself into this without a whole lot of thought, but um, I met uh, a friend of mine in, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, who wanted to work on a film, and he knew about my expertise in, in Satanism, and he wanted to put together a film where the idea was something I had thought should be done the name of Satanism for a long time. Uh, if Satan, Satanists were asking for inclusion in the public forums, asking for the same rights and privileges that are afforded any other religious voice uh, in the name of religious freedom, and then see uh, how possibly disingenuous these claims of, of fighting for religious freedom actually were by organizations like the Liberty Council who keep trying to open those doors. Right. If we walk in, do they shut the door or do they accept religious liberty for what it actually is? So at I the, love that, yeah. by the way. I love what you're doing with that. And we'll get into that, but yeah, keep going. I love it. I love it so much. So at the hard. beginning, we, we, we viewed it as, as a limited project, um, and, and I had hoped I could keep my face out of it, my, my actual identity out of it, and we could put forward this idea. So the Skype and, interview isn't, go, isn't your, your, your optimal interview. Is that what you're saying right now? So like the fact that you're on camera is, makes you a little nervous? Oh, not anymore. I, okay. I've been on camera quite a bit since then, and it was a, really an initiation by fire, because once the Baphomet monument became a thing, I started doing all kinds of media, so I needed to, to straighten up and get used to it rather quick. It's still not, it's still not my thing, you know, right. being, being the, the, the focus of... Uh, the face of. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's been speculated that I do it better because I'm, I'm reticent to do it. Uh, that uh, if, if we were to have somebody who was uh, hungry for the camera, that might compromise the integrity of the, the organization. Because yes, we obviously need to manage our media very carefully, given people's assumptions of what we, we are. Um, in any case, we thought we would do this limited project in that we'd kind of get the idea out there. And the Satanic Temple would operate more like anonymous, where people would, other, other groups would come up other regional groups and they could go under the banner of the satanic temple they could be okay. autonomous they could build their own culture of what that means and they could fight these battles in a similar way they could be inspired to take this kind of satanic temple banner and do whatever they wanted what, to do what are the numbers like are, is there like a large is the, within america is there a large group are you a, you know you always hear like there's a billion muslims there's a billion catholics or christians there's 30 Jews, you know, there's like this crazy number that they put out, like there's only like 10 million Jews in the world or, you know, is, is there any guesstimation of how many uh, satanic, now are you Luciferians, are you sa satanic worshippers, what are we're Satanists, uh, we're non-theistic Satanists, okay. as I said, we, we don't believe in a personal Satan, 
But there's about 100,000 of us registered through our site. We don't charge a membership fee. We don't think it's a good idea to charge people for religious affiliation. But my understanding is that that 100,000, even worldwide, puts us in some significant category. Yes. Um, if, the, if the polls start coming around and start acknowledging people self-identifying as Satanists, and if you look at the remarkable strides we've made in five years, I think that time is yeah, very it's amazing. Near. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, what what's the average? How would you describe the average Satanist? If you had that, like someone asked you, like, you know, we had Lee Camp on. We were like, Lee, what's the average Lee Camp, you know, uh, fan looks like? He's like a 55-year-old white woman. But what it, what it, what's the, would you describe the actual, like, Satanist? Because when we think of Satanist, what do we think of? We think goth, you know, white makeup, uh, you know, uh, antisocial, that stuff. Is who, who is your average Satanist? I think the demographics have shifted already a few times as we've gone through this. In the beginning, it was a lot of that, the goth heavy metal crowd, uh, 18 to 25-year-old white male, um, and they were signing on with that kind of, that, that kind of aesthetic and idea in mind. They wanted that kind, of, that kind of culture, that kind of look. And as we've done what we're doing, it's somewhat shifted, and, and uh, the the first uh, demographic shift was very apparent when um, when we did what we called the Pink Mass, and that was when we did a protest against uh, a counter protest against the Westboro Baptist Church at the grave of the founder of the Westboro Baptist Church's mother, where we yeah. had this we'll more a, yeah. ceremony. That I love that, dude. I love yeah. that chaos yeah. i love it culminated it. me dropping my testicles on her grave and declaring her a lesbian in the afterlife now do you have do you have <laughs> long balls like you have to have long balls to be able to to teabag a grave like because I, I don't have big balls i mean i'm on a podcast with a guy named ari shafir and he has like a planet-sized nuts with a little moon nut by it and i could see him do i couldn't do that i would have to hump the 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 actual uh, grave itself. Like, so how did you teabag this grave? I, I don't know if you've ever been asked that, but well, the, the it's not for me to comment on the quality of my balls. Okay, so, I respect that. I respect the, that. The picture is online, though. Okay, so. all right, all right. I like that. I like that. Uh, so, um, are there around the world? Is is Satanism mo mostly a uh, 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 an American thing, a Westernized thing? Is there Satanism all over the place? And I have a after you answer that, I got a question I have to ask. I envision there being a Germany chapter for sure. Is there a Germany chapter? Not yet. Not yet. Germans have reached out a few times, talking about the potential of setting up a chapter. Um, France became very interested, and I think it was because that they did something on on a television show where they were talking about us. Every so often we see a spike in activity in some country and find out that uh, somebody ran a feature story about us, unbeknownst to us, uh, some, perhaps some sister publication of an American publication that just takes an article and translates it or whatever else. Um, we have a lot of action in, uh, in, in as far as places that you wouldn't think, uh, you know, non-Christian nations. Right. Uh, we, we get a... a more activity out of Turkey than you would think, and I'm not sure why. I'm not, that is not interesting. Sure. Do you think it has any correlation with uh, Christian or religious fundamentalism? Like the the 
you know, because, like, there's parts of America where you drive through and they have giant crosses still up. You know, uh, church channels are one of the regular channels you go through. Do you think that because American America, America was, uh, you know, established by Christian fundamentalism, which was they trying to escape Europe to start a more uh, a utopia for Christians over here. Do you think that has a direct correlation to uh, that Satanism seems to have more of a, uh, a base in America? Satanism does seem to appeal more to people who see the problem of evangelical nationalism and those encroachments of, of Christian theocracy. But that said, we also do uh, have some certain appeal to ex-Muslims or other religious dissidents, or even at times some people supplement their religious identity with the Satanic Temple Satanism, meaning you do have at least some people who identify as Muslim Satanists. And this is, this is completely perplexing to a lot of people, usually people who don't understand the idea of non-theistic religion to begin with, but some people hold to their their cultural identity along with the religion and not the actual beliefs themselves. They, they hold to the holidays, they hold to the ritual structure, they still want to belong to that community. And I think in the future, we're going to see a lot more of that. And I think that's something we kind of argue for by arguing for the recognition of non-theistic religion. I think we'll be better off when people realize they don't need to hold on to bizarre superstitious beliefs that are intellectually insulting and that they probably at some level don't actually believe in at all to still maintain their sense of ethical values and the sense of community they have with people. I think when people are more comfortable identifying as non-theistic Christians, non-theistic Muslims, or whatever else, we'll be in a better world, we'll be in a better place, and then people can start talking about how we reconcile our differing values based on where the empirical evidence lies. When I was researching this, um, the origins of the word Baphomet, is it true that it comes from the word Muhammad? Yeah, that, that's the strongest theory that the scholars have. I don't think that's, that's ever something that can be 100% resolved, but the idea is that during the Crusades, uh, the Muslims were the enemy. The Muslims harbored Satan, and Mahomet was... was was the word for Muhammad, the prophet of Islam, and that bastardized ah. into Baphomet later on. So, so as we talked a little earlier, Church of Satan and the Satanic are not the same thing. Do they get along, or is it like Biggie Smalls and Tupac? There's an East Coast, West Coast kind of ba uh, a disagreement going on here. Well, apparently there's some kind of disagreement. They don't agree that anybody but them are truly Satanists and that there's no actual authentic Satanism that exists outside of the Church of Satan. We're, we're happy to have them do what they do. We acknowledge that we don't agree with them philosophically on certain issues. We have no need to try and run about trying to uh, de-authenticate them or, or discredit them in whatever way. Uh, that said, they, they seem to make a mission of trying to do that to us, and it seems like the entirety of their activity now is pursuing journalists who write about us and trying to tell them on online publicly that we're, we're not real, that they've been conned or whatever else. So it's actually rather infantile. We try to remove ourselves from it. I respect that. As little as possible, but we do have to defend ourselves occasionally from... I understand that. Yeah, I totally get upon that. comparing your guys' belief systems, I noticed the one thing you guys do have in common is that you do not harm children. Like, that's in the Church of Satan in one of their uh, principles, and it's, I believe, encompassed, basically, in your guys' tenets. And I find that 
at least you guys meet on common ground there. You know, we're going to get into some of this tenant stuff too because we kind of went through it. And I, I, I agree with all of them, but I want the reason I want to have you on is because uh, there, I think there's a giant misconception of Satanism and, and, and quick is Satan Lucifer same thing? Yes. I mean, you have these people saying that Satan is not Lucifer, and you'll get these these prickish kind of uh, cosplay Dungeons and Dragons players who split hairs and, and claim that these are distinct entities or whatever else. And and if you look at the kind of literary progression of the idea of Satan becoming Lucifer and Lucifer being the Satan, I understand the etymology of, of Satan and, and Satanism. I understand the etymology of, of Lucifer. I understand that in the Bible. Um, Satan was referred to as, as was a catch-all term for adversary, but as this kind of uh, literary progression went on, Lucifer became the Satan. Okay, Satan. because we did, we just did a, a big thing on the black sun and how the you know there's the white sun, the black sun, and that the, you know there's this whole theory that you know the Antichrist. What is the you know you broke it down on the last episode or two episodes ago. Where you broke down, Ryan, that, you know, what's the opposite of uh, a man is a woman? What's the opposite of God is earth? And is Lucifer, is is it possible that Lucifer is the divine feminine and the woman? It depends on who you're asking. It depends on what literature you're reading. Okay. I mean, this this ultimately comes down to a type of literary analysis, which is what theology always is. And... You know, we go back to the Miltonic Satan. This was rather male-centric, but of course there is a strong thread of uh, of satanic feminism when you have uh, Mary Shelley and, and her her mother Mary Wollenscroft, and um, and these were people who fought very much for feminism back when that was uh, that was a serious battle to be had, and women couldn't vote and weren't treated as, as equals in, in any in any way, and. I like to kind of reclaim these values of early modern Satanism for Satanism because we see as time goes on, that the rights revolution, uh, the, the history of it becomes rewritten to uh, appease this idea of Christian moral dominance. Uh, you get this idea that Christians were always right when it comes to issues related to slavery. Um, pretty soon they'll be saying that they were the champions of gay rights and, and gay rights wouldn't have been a thing if it weren't for whatever few Christian right, churches right, right. Uh, supported it at a given time, or that the Enlightenment itself uh, happened because of Christian values. This simply isn't true. Um, we've been held back by these archaic notions, and we should recognize that where it's true. Credit where credit due, but let's realize that Enlightenment values go to Satan. You know, a, a big theme on, you know, the Duncan Trussell podcast episode you did, you know, is that there, you know, who you know, this notion that you know Satanists are evil, they're blood, they're killing, they're doing this, and yeah, you, but you take a look at like the big three religions Christianity, Islam, uh, Judaism, and they're the ones dropping bombs, they're the ones you know dropping bombs on children and and killing innocents. You know, we hear like you know, oh, we got they treat women like shit in uh, you know, in the Middle East, and they they treat children bad, they treat gays bad, but you know, here we have a Please, uh, 
Christian country and we just drop bombs like who do you think we're killing over there? We're killing women. We're killing children. We're killing the gays. You know, it's just like it, it's such an interesting thing when I grew up, you know, what was Satan? Satan was uh, drug, sex and rock and roll. And I never really understood why that was such a bad thing. I was like, you know, what? I like all those stuff. And like <laughs> now that we see that the devil, quote unquote, the devil isn't in music. Guess what? Music sucks now. You know, it's like it's not even that great. Is the is there a misconception, do you think, about both the, the church of uh, Satan or the excuse me, the satanic temple? Is there a misconception or what is the biggest misconception you think about your organization? Well, I think typically when people ask that, they expect me to talk about the idea of ritual sacrifice and those types of things. But um, I think that's to be expected. Uh, and people then ask, well, then why do you why do you use the name Satanism? As though it doesn't mean anything to us and we could just call it something else to appease other people. And I have a real problem with that because I feel like there is a value in getting people to question their knee-jerk reaction against the idea of Satanism. 100%, man. Yeah, because if you don't, you're, you're, you're also upholding this idea of Christian moral supremacy, that they've always been on the right side of moral values. And, and many of the things that were Satanized throughout history, I feel, fall well within the rights revolution and well within, as I've been saying, enlightenment values. So shaking people up and getting them to recognize what people actually believe and judge them for what they actually do, I think that's a very good thing. And that goes well beyond just shaking people up for no reason. But if the question is, what are weird things people believe about us still, I think if, if we're in the, in the rational world and, and we set aside the people who feel that we're, we're sacrificing babies or we're, we're mind-controlling people or whatever else, you still have people who think that we're doing this all as a big prank, that, that right. Satanism doesn't right. mean something to us and that it's purely a political ploy. And I have to tell you that we could not have put the work in that we've done in these past five years for something like that. Um, as funny as it may look on the outside, there's a lot of a lot of stress, a lot of pressure, and a lot of work that comes with any of this. And and it's never, it's never a safe thing to go to war against the the zealots and the theocrats. The 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 threats some of our local chapters receive, people who are affiliated with us, anybody who ends up getting any type of press time, um, just the the knowledge that. You could go into a certain job, and, and this is this is never going to leave my record. This is never going to leave the record of, of people who've stood with us publicly before. It, this is going to have repercussions on their entire lives, and we can only hope that the more of us come forward and identify the way we do, the more people start thinking about it differently. But nobody's taking it lightly, and this certainly isn't a prank, um, and and we genuinely do treat this as as our religious deeply held beliefs this is something that means something to us and at the end of the day the journalists are gone nobody's talking to us we're alone in our homes we're still satanists yeah and i respect that as as a conspiracy theorist i do understand what you're going through and i know it sounds crazy but like even your reaction to the name of the show and just like i've done a couple of my friends podcasts really big podcast and some of the blowback I got from that one from just simply answering the answering the questions that were asked of me and the the knee-jerk reaction because I you know I'll go to a comedy club and people will run up to me and ask me well, well do you believe in this and I go I'll I'll talk anything. I'll listen to anything. I'll hear what the what the data says, what the opinions are, what you know the the narrative of the story being told by the person I'm interviewing. And like when I just said the 
what, you know, some at the con club, like, you know, like, there's a chance Lucifer is a woman. The look on this comic's face, just fear. And they literally just walked right off. And I was like, okay, I mean, like, you're, you're close-minded to this, this, this narrative. It just, it's really sad that you, you're not open-minded to all the different flavors in the world. And just, like, and what is actually being done. And what is the, the, uh... The the, the the what's the word I'm looking for the 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 uh not the backlash but just the the, the the okay what I'm saying is this is like the the church of the the the, the satanic temple and like the kind of the the bad vibes been thrown to it or the feelings towards it is been been done over years and years and years and even though it's it's you're a five year old uh, uh, you know organization just what what you walked into is never really easy. And it's like because people are just misinformed. They're not they have no clue what you guys really stand for. And they don't even want to listen to it because people would rather be right than do right. And I think that's a big problem that people are so set in their ways and how they think that they just can't fucking, you know, what, Aaron? Pounding. The point is, is like, you know, you got to be open minded to this shit. And I just I, yeah, I, I think the subtlety is for us to express that we're coming in to inform people about something they were misinformed about, not just coming in, exploiting something they were misinformed about merely to kick them in the teeth. Yes. And, you know, the smear, the word I was, the phrase I was looking for was smear campaign. Uh, I want to get into this. Your mission statement on your Wikipedia page is the mission of the Satanic Temple is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people. Reject tyranny, authority, tyrannical authority, advocate, pr advocate practical common sense and justice, and to be direct, directed by the human consciousness to undertake noble pursuits guided by all the individual will. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? Well, I, I think I'm, I'm living that now. I feel I, I am following my, my higher calling, for lack of a better term. I feel like I'm doing something that's going to have a lasting effect upon the world. And I think you read our tenets, you read our mission statement. I think a lot of people assume, well, there's nothing to to object to here. You hear that from a lot of people. How could you actually read this and object to it? What's funny is we have seen uh, very dogmatic Christian or Catholic publications analyze these writings and take issue with them. They look at the seven tenets and they talk about how they are directly contrary to the word of God, how they kind of endorse this uh, rationalist materialism that takes away uh, uh, superstition. I don't know. I guess they, they would use a different word, faith or, or whatever else. But, but they find great fault with these, these seven tenets, and, and they will be happy to tell you how and why these are indeed very satanic values, uh, even to them. It's and I think it will show how corrupted some of the— 100 uh, percent, dude. I, the, the corruption—you know, Bill Burr's got a great bit about, like, you know, it's like— believing in either Scientology or believing in, like, any religion, and you have, like, a man, a, a man who farts and, you know, uh, you know, lies to people to get away with stuff, telling you the divine message of a, a higher being is, is almost laughable. Let's get into the, the seven fundamental tenets. You want to read these, Definitely. Uh, Ryan? And then you could explain them <laughs> well, as we go. Well, you did bring up an interesting idea, okay. though. All right. What kind of havoc would a, a, a video... Just a video of the Pope taking a shit. 
How much havoc would that wreak upon the Catholic community? Do you think they could handle that? Yeah, like he's human. He's human. He he probably like BSs people just because he doesn't want to deal with some weird kind of thing that's going on. You know, it's like how many times you you lied to your girlfriend not because you were trying to be evil. You just want to deal with the emotional like dump that's going to happen from your girlfriend. And in that moment, you love her. You're not trying to be an asshole. You just don't want to deal with it right now. I'm sure the Pope does that too. He's got, like, some guy there. He's, like, the guy's annoying, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Whatever. And lies to him. Like, how are you the divine guy? He's got huh? some altar boy, and he's saying to the other altar boy, I oh, know, it's not a thing. We're, yeah. just, We're doing the Lord's work here. Yeah. We're doing the right. Lord's work, which I want to get into that real quick. But I want to read these tenets, you know, because I agree with a lot of them. So, Ryan, why don't you go for it? Yeah, when I was uh, telling Sam about this episode— I mean, his initial reaction was like, like just like when you hear the word Satan, you're like, I don't know about that. I'm like, I bear, I guarantee you're going to read these seven tenets, and you'd be like, I think I might be a Satanist. Okay, let's so, find them real quick. The one thing that really stood out to me is you guys talk about compassion, wisdom, and justice. If I was to read that in any other religion, I think I would keep an open ear. So that's why I try to like lead with that one. So there's seven tenets, the fundamental tenets. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. I think we could all agree on that. Hey, Midwestern Aaron, do you agree with that? Sure. Yeah, yeah. right? St. Okay, Louis so agrees. One. We all agree on this one. I'm not from St. Louis. Well, like all religions, though, there's going to be disputes over the, the, the uh, nuances of what, what within reason means. You know, uh, what the limits of self-defense are, whether it's okay to kill animals for food. Um, those are still open discussions, of course, but so yeah. long as you're striving to act with, with compassion and it's empathy. It's intent, you, right? You, I think at the end not, of the day, it's intent. What is your intent? If you right. slaughter an right. animal to eat, there, there's that's as, that's as primal as it gets. That's as mother nature as it gets. You see that even within the animal kingdom, where they're, they're not worried about a religion or anything like that. They eat to survive. That's I find that, you know, trophy hunting, when you see, like, Donald Trump Jr. with his smug-ass sweaty face with a bow, you know, a, a bow gun or, you know, standing next to this beautiful animal that was, like, corralled into a corner so he could shoot it. It's like, that's, that's totally different. Totally. Right, that's, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay, what's the next one? So the struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over all laws and institutions. And I think that's what you see us doing. Uh, we know what the laws are, and we know when we disagree with the laws, or we know when we can leverage the law in our favor, and, and we're fighting to create a landscape that is respecting of, of pluralism and, and diversity and actual religious liberty. So we, are, we, we have values that we feel trump laws and institutions, and we're fighting to gain recognition for those values. I, I, you know, that's a great, that's a great tenet. That could be applied to this past election when there were people who were like the DNC, not to get too political, because I'm not in either party, but when the DNC is like favoring Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders, and everyone's like, they didn't break the law, but they broke the spirit of the law. You know what I'm saying? They're, they broke the, the, the agreement that they have that they wouldn't get into it. Did they break a technical law? And people get too hooked on laws. Like a lo laws, you know, you got to take a look at who wrote the law, who benefits from the law. It's like drugs. Like my friend's like, 
you know, this was like eight years ago or so. He's like, if if weed was legal, I would smoke it. I go, well, what is that? Because some people in a foreign, uh, a faraway land told you you can't do it. You, you don't have the nuts, common sense to realize that this law is stupid and it doesn't make sense. Like when they had like separate entrances uh, for uh, blacks, the whites, fountains. You realize like now that's that was so stupid. It was a law. Doesn't mean it was right. So true. Right, exactly, and you'll never you'll never reform those laws if you don't recognize that they're unjust to begin with. One hundred percent. Next one. One's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. And oh, I like this, this one. This one is very important to our litigation efforts. This one is what we hinge our Protect Children project upon, and the Protect Children project is the Satanic Temple offering. First Amendment protection against children who are in schools that allow corporal punishment, punitive beatings against kids who are misbehaving. We're saying that uh, our religion is such that punitive beatings are an infringement upon our religious beliefs. And if a child, their parents believe in that, um, we have an exemption form that they can turn into the school district says they're exempt from being beaten by school administration. You'd be surprised how big a problem this is. If you set your alerts and start looking at it, you'll see kids getting uh, bruised and, and beaten up by school administrators. We put really? up a oh, yeah, we put up a we put up a billboard for our Protect Children project in a area in Texas, uh, Springtown, where they had a case where a male administrator had beat a couple of teenage girls till it looked like they had burn welts on their asses. And uh, these these were teenage girls, so there may have been a sexual component involved. Yeah. It turned out it was it was against their own policy to allow a male to beat any of this female students anyway. But instead of taking any punitive measures against him, the guy who did this beating, they changed the rules and retroactively applied it. They said, okay, you know, any anybody can beat beat somebody. But this tenant is also what is important in our reproductive rights lawsuits. In Missouri right now, we have two lawsuits against the state of Missouri, a state and federal lawsuit against their restrictions against abortion rights. Um, they they put these kind of restrictions on, on getting an abortion by making a woman come into the clinic, receive informed consent materials 72 hours in advance. She has to go to the clinic, wait 72 hours. There's only one clinic that that performs the procedure, so you might have to travel six hours, whatever. Uh, get daycare for if you have other children, uh, take time off work, uh, that, that kind of travel, lodging, whatever else. They're just trying to make it difficult to get an abortion. And these informed consent materials within them, they put forward the religious notion that life begins at conception. And a woman's supposed to be made to understand this before she gets the, uh, the abortion. We are saying we don't believe that, uh, that life begins at conception. This is a religious notion that runs contrary to ours. Um, therefore, this is an encroachment upon our religious rights to demand that women of the Satanic Temple need to go through this informed consent. I harassment. love this. I love this. Aaron, what did you have to say? I was just, when he said Missouri, I said, I, I was just going to say I'm not from there. Okay, just, Aaron just, just wanted to let you know that he is not part of that whole Missouri thing. He's actually from San Diego. I thought you had an issue with something. Yeah, no, see, no, this is a big thing to me. Um, my whole thing is we all came into this dimension through a vagina portal. So I don't see why women don't take first place in most of our ways we think of things. In most states, you have to wait longer to get an abortion than you do to get a gun. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So if it is taking 
technically one life, you can get a gun and take out a whole bunch of more fucking lives. Yeah, a lot of Christians care more about you when you're in your womb than when you actually get out. And it's really sad because some people are born to a world of shit and we don't take that into account when we think about where people are in life, you know? And, like, that's why when I, like, walk down the street and I see a guy on the street who's not doing well, I'll give him five bucks. Not that that's anything, but it's like, there but for the grace of God go I, you know, because I've had problems with drugs. I've had problems with alcohol, and, you know, and I've survived it, but because I had the tools. Some people come to this world, and they have no, nobody teaches them any tools, and they don't, they don't have a chance. So, I, I, you know, empathy is a very big thing with me. Yeah, uh, completely. And also, the whole fact that people think of Planned Parenthood as just an abortion clinic. You come in, they, so they suck a baby true. out. It's less than, I think it's 3% nationwide is what's spent on abortions at Planned Parenthood. And it's 39% is on, on like STDs and getting checked up for any sort of HIV. And then down the line, it becomes uh, for checking for breast cancer and, and other type of cervical cancer. So. And when you look at a lot of the Christian uh, ideals on sex, you really take a look at the only thing they really allowed is where you create more of them. And then you, they don't want to have any kind of programs. You know, our, our politicians who tend to say that they're Christians and all this stuff, they don't tend to uh, want to take care of anybody once you're here, which leads to you, like, not having a lot of economic uh, opportunities, which leads to either joining the military or going to jail. I mean, it just it's almost sinister in how they operate. No. Right. They want to take away abortion while also... Uh, taking away options for unwanted pregnancies. Uh, they, they don't want to educate people on how to avoid unwanted pregnancy. They don't want to support contraceptives. Uh, it's, I think people living in the rational world see how destructive that is. And, and uh, getting an abortion for a lot of women can be a, 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 very, uh, a very serious matter, a very life and death matter, a matter of, the, of their health, uh, their, 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 their ability to stay financially afloat, whatever. They shouldn't need to go through this kind of an embarrassing uh, dissection of, of, their, of, their own, uh, of their own personal agendas whenever that this happens. Uh, it's simply, I think what a lot of people don't understand is it's, it's not a convenient method of birth control. Yes. Uh, I, it's, it's going to be very rare that you would actually find a woman who says, ah, fuck it, I'll just get an abortion if I get pregnant. Um, that's, that's not... It's not uh, a terribly viable option, and it's not really up to somebody else to decide whether uh, whether they feel the reason is good enough or not. I totally agree. Okay, the next the next tenant comedians should love. Uh, and then want to read the freedom of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and justly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego your own. I love this. Okay, I'm four yeah. for four right now. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, I guess you'd probably be surprised then at how controversial this is within the ranks of people who might otherwise support us. Uh, if there's been pushback from people on on any tenant amongst those who otherwise support us, it's this one, and that's very disturbing to me because there's there's really a push now for. Uh, uh, further limitations upon free speech. People act like free speech right now is just uh, is just the wild frontier and you can always say whatever you want. And that's simply not true. I think we have a reasonable free speech right now. There are provisions made against direct threats, slander, defamation, other type things. But I think we're really uh, 
looking to hurt ourselves if we push for further restrictions against what people will conveniently call hate speech. Um, people should have their even hateful speech protected if there isn't a real kind of credible, legitimate threat to somebody's safety and well-being that, that can be distinguished at that time. I think the, the marketplace of ideas really is the place to kind of hash that out. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is I'm not saying there shouldn't be social prohibitions against people going on racist rants. Sure, call the guy a fucker, call him an asshole, you know, yell at him, you know, let everybody know you think he's an idiot or, or block him from your own Facebook page or social media or that's your platform. What I'm saying is I don't think there should be any more any more robust government restriction. Yes. More Big, Brother yes. Big Brother should not be stepping in. And, you know, when you talk free market, I think speech is free market. If you don't like somebody and what they said, the best way to deal with them is to ignore them, to not buy their books, not go see their shows, not go not support anything they do. That's the best way to do it, to rage this notion that, that has really been prevalent over the last two decades of let's take our free take our freedoms to protect our freedoms and that freedom includes freedom of speech now freedom of speech really is the government can't lock you up which we're starting to see happen we're starting to see people protesting the government and being thrown in jail North Dakota all that stuff with the pop line that's freedom of speech but even within comedy you have these people who are just trying to limit speech, not because they really care. It's almost because of business they do this. Like, I've, I got this thing now on Twitter. I don't trust anybody with a blue check by their by their name that I don't know. Makes sense. I don't know you. Why are you putting... And we have this big thing where they, we have these elitists in this country pushing a narrative that they don't really apply to themselves or on top of this actually actually will affect them. Totally. It's very interesting. Uh, I, also, I, I also just want to know somebody's an asshole up yes! front. I want yes! them to feel comfortable telling me what their asshole points of view are. I wouldn't want to be engaged with somebody, and then later on in private they tell me, I couldn't tell you before, but I'm really a fucking Nazi. Yeah. Be, oh, great, fuck. All I right. just have a great bit about that. About like we should, You should have to go door-to-door -to -door tell everybody what weird, freaky, sexual shit you're into. That way you know what, who's who, man. Yeah, dirty laundry league. Get it out. Yeah, get it out. And it's like this is why we have, like, there's this famous thing, this memo that came out, this email, that Steve Harvey isn't the nicest guy in the world, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. But he makes it because he plays this corporate game. And where other people who want to be honest kind of can't, like, they can't run for office. You know, the stuff I've talked about on podcasting, whether it's my drug abuse or my weird sexual shit that I'm into, you know, I can't really ever run for office. But I'm the most honest guy you'll know. It's true. It's out for Well, us. we do have people who are fans of the Satanic Temple, and then they say things like, well, we, you know, they're, they're for the censorship of who they've deemed to be a Nazi, a fascist, or whatever else. The thing I don't think they realize is that every time we do something, every time the Satanic Temple asks for inclusion in a public forum, we have other religious groups claiming that what we're doing is hate speech. They're claiming that even though we might not be directly threatening them, our presence is a threat. Our message is directly anti-Christian, and it causes acrimony against them, and it, it creates a hostile environment that must be shut down. And I feel like if you, if you broaden your definition of what constitutes hate speech, 
you will absolutely see your opponent take advantage of that, and, and it puts us in a very bad place, I, I think. I completely agree with that, man. All right, what's the next one? Beliefs should conform to our best scientific understanding of the world. We should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit our own beliefs. We do. You see people do that all the time, man. And it's just like, it's why the Internet's really bad for that, too, because people will Google and they'll keep going deep Google dives till they find some some story that fits what they want to believe. Oh, yeah. Back Instead of the eight pages before that that told them different, all they're looking for, and, you know, and that was a big thing when the Clintons deregulated the media. And, well, actually, it started with Reagan. Reagan took away where every news had to have a, uh, uh, an opposition. Someone on the show who disagreed with it or, or was the opposite view and could state that, they took that away. So then you had, And then you had the deregulation of the media. Now you have Fox News for the longest time. And now MSNBC putting out just things that people want to hear instead of giving the entire story. And I bring, that brings us right into the next one. People are fallible. If we make a mistake, we should do our best to rectify it and resolve any harm that may have been caused. I mean, I don't know what you're into, but I'm in a 12-step program. That's almost verbatim the ninth step. That's like making amends and taking owning your shit when you're wrong. And that's it's amazing to me how devalued that that is. It seems people really seem to like uh, stridence and, and unbending consistency. But I think people should really learn to value a person who can look at the evidence and say, oh, I was wrong. I think people should should applaud loudly when somebody does that, when somebody says they fucked something up and they, they know better now and that they were willing to be corrected. There, there's a real strength in that. And I feel we, we've gone in our, our kind of perception of, of what makes for a good leader in the opposite direction, this idea that you need to stick doggedly and pig-headedly with a dense skull towards one notion of what is true and what is correct and what is right that you just won't accept the evidence for anything else and that's a it's just a very destructive mindset yes yes i completely agree with that you have to be able to make mistakes humans make mistakes but you have to also give them a, a chance to apologize and make amends for those mistakes and i think that's called being human yeah owning your shit and the seventh and final fundamental tenant is every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought the spirit of compassion wisdom and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word i mean that's it's a very beautiful written fundamental tenets i don't care how you break it down if if anyone that listens to this has a problem with that email us yeah I, I really and that is the last. That is the last tenant, and that last tenant is the reason why, when we were coming up with a monument to go alongside the Ten Commandments monument, that we didn't want to engrave in stone our seven tenets. The idea is that nothing's really engraved in stone, and if you take seriously the idea of adjusting your values to the best available evidence, you always have to keep open the idea that you'll add another tenant or somebody else will in 10, 20, 100 years. If, I love if, it, dude. As a lasting effect. Or take one away, whatever the situation might be. But you have to remain... Remain... Uh, open. Adaptable. Yeah. Open-minded right. to growth and change and time changes. Time's adapted. 
And what's, you know, it's like your goals in life. Sometimes your goals change. You want this, you realize, hey, that's not that bad. Maybe this is will make me happier, bring me more peace. It's okay to change and evolve and grow. And, you know, I do think sometimes we, we allow sci- science to constantly change their point of view, but we hold religion to such a hard standard. And, you know, when the Pope kind of came out and, you know, I have my own thing with the Pope, uh, you know, when he's like, you know, maybe we were, we've been really wrong to gays. And, like, everybody kind of crucified him. Even the left crucified him. I was like, no, dude, that's huge growth yeah. for a guy that represents something that's been around for so long to admit that maybe they made some changes. I, I, I would rather applaud him than, and then, and then condemn him. And I'm glad you brought up the uh, Ten Commandments monument because that's where we definitely want to get to on this. And uh, I know you can't see it, but on our screen right now we have, if you could break it down, in a quick little synopsis about your guys' battle for your monument to be displayed. Right, right. Well, it started in Oklahoma. Uh, I believe it was in 2012 that Oklahoma actually passed a bill that allowed for the Ten Commandments monument to stand on state capitol grounds. And they were trying to claim that this wasn't a violation of the First Amendment Establishment Clause because they were saying it was a secular historical document that illustrated the uh, inception of U.S. law, that somehow uh, the Ten Commandments informed U.S. constitutional law, which clearly isn't true, being that many of the Ten Commandments are counter-constitutional. There's prohibitions against free speech, uh, anti-blasphemy, thou shall have no gods before me. That's That runs very contrary to the idea of free exercise. Yes. And free religion. Um, nonetheless, they, they felt that this that the the Ten Commandments deserve placement, and they uh, they they further argued that the the Ten Commandments wasn't government speech. This was going to be private speech because it was going to be privately donated, and other parties could donate similar monuments or or monuments representative of cert, of similar values if they so chose. So naturally, we called their bluff. We made a eight-and-a-half-foot bronze Baphomet monument, which, if you've ever seen, is, is rather stunning. It's gorgeous. Um, yeah, we have it at our Salem uh, headquarters now. So if you come by, you can visit it until it, it goes to Arkansas or wherever else we we, we can finally get it uh, placed on public land. Now, how many, now, where are you, where else are you trying to get it up now? Well, Oklahoma is now a moot point. Uh, Oklahoma's state Supreme Court ruled that due to the Oklahoma state constitution um, that that, that uh, does not allow uh, for any, any state uh, uh, sponsorship directly or indirectly of, of any religion or church, that they needed to take the Ten Commandments monument down. And we were always clear that we were only ever going to have our monument up on grounds where there was already another religious monument, preferably a Ten Commandments monument, because we're asserting pluralism, we're asserting religious liberty. And to us, and it's a, it's only an offense when there's only one monument giving the impression that the government is showing preference. If you have more than one, if you have opposing points of view, there's nothing wrong with that. That's secularism. Yes. Secularism, I don't feel, is... is necessarily silencing religious voices it's making the government remain neutral on what's appropriate religious expression government has no place in that so they shut it down in oklahoma um and then oklahoma actually put it to a vote where they wanted the the their constituents to vote away that separation of church and state in the state constitution it didn't work 
So then uh, they, they passed another bill, or fought to pass another bill, that would allow for historical documents monuments, including the Ten Commandments, the Magna Carta, or the Declaration of Independence, it said in the bill. Ah, they're trying to find we, a loophole. Right, right. So we, we thought if they put up the Ten Commandments monument again, now what would we do? You know, because what, what kind of historical document would we possibly use? Then after thinking about it for a while, we thought, we just engrave the Magna Carta on the back of the fucking Baphomet and say, this is our Magna Carta monument. Yeah. But then, right, because uh, why would the design parameters have to change? You know, we could we could say the back is the, uh, is the Baphomet area. I love area. it, dude. I love this chess game you play. I so, love it. So for those that are just listening, if you could just break down the statue. So you said it's a, about, it's a nine-foot-tall bronze statue, 1,000 pounds, but the actual image as we're looking about at. a thousand and a half yeah hmm. the, the central image is is baphomet which is the the goat-headed sabbatic goat um it's uh hermaphroditic and and uh in in its uh, illustrated form uh illustrated in the 19th century by an occult historian eliphas levi we took the breasts off because we wanted to keep them on but yeah. having them covered having them covered by the artist with some kind of cloth or whatever like bronze cloth type thing, just didn't look good. The male chest looked a lot better, but we knew if we had bare tits out <laughs> on the monument that they would be very happy to say, that's why we could have to reject your yeah, monument. Give it. It's, it's, it's pornographic, it's vulgar, whatever. Although we don't agree with that idea. Um, we, don't, we, didn't want, we didn't want to give them anything else to work with. We, we wanted them to confront the, the free speech issue, the, the religious liberty issue. So it has all these binary elements. It's part animal, it's part human. We have a male and female child on each side. It has the caduceus in the middle, which represents reconciliation, negotiation, the serpents around the rod that you'll see at, at pediatrics hospitals or whatever else. Um, so, you know, those kind of binary elements, we thought, really spoke to this idea of reconciliation of the opposites and that having this monument alongside a Ten Commandments monument further explored that that concept, the idea that you can have uh, supposedly or ostensibly opposing points of view, but they can still exist harmoniously on the same ground. I love it, dude. It's I love a beautiful it. sculpture. I mean, I, I like it. I love it, dude, and I love everything you do now because uh, we got to start wrapping it up here. Uh, August 13th, there is a woman's mass event in Los Angeles. Will you be a part of that? I don't know yet. I may be there. I may not. But everybody should stop by and say hi to the good people of the Satanic Temple of Los Angeles. They're doing great work. I love and it. It's a, it's a Los Angeles a Satanic Temple Los Angeles event. It's going to be a it's going to be a party. We're yeah. going to be there. If there's any tinfoil hats fans that want to come, just know it's a benefit We're for homeless women. We're being Weeby there. Yeah, and women's reproductive I'll let, I'll let our people know. Awesome. Please do, dude. Right. Uh, now, real quick, and then we've got to wrap it up. Bloodletting ritual. Is this real? Yeah, that was at the last Los Angeles event, but you're talking safe, sane, consensual. Um, and when it falls within those parameters, I say let her rip. Now, real quick. Uh, the, a big reason I wanted to have you on, and I wanted, and I, dude, I hope you had a great time, and uh, we really enjoyed interviewing you. I want to ask you: um, There's this whole thing going on with this pedogate thing going on, uh, the uh, the child sex and uh, sacrificing and trafficking, and you know, 
I'm gonna be honest with you. For the people ask me, like, oh man, who runs this? I, I would say Luciferians, but I'm starting now to think I would just call it the dark arts, and that it isn't Satanism or Luciferianism. That it really is just the dark arts. That that's the only way to describe it because they kind of hijacked your guys's, uh, you know, uh, 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 brand. I want to say, but not necessarily the essence of your brand. Well, you have to be really careful when you're looking at these claims of, of pedophile cults or whatever else. A lot of that shit was not true. Okay. But some of that stuff, like, I mean, obviously, uh, sex trafficking goes on, child abuse goes on, um, and it's a very complicated issue. Nobody wants to say that that doesn't happen. When I get very offended at, at some of the conspiracists who talk about child molesting cults, it's certainly not because I want to protect anybody who's doing that. It's because I feel that these kinds of false narratives about that can really distract from fighting the actual fight against child abuse. And this is something we do with Gray Faction. Gray Faction is a suborganization of the Satanic Temple that fights against the use of people, people using therapists, uh, conspiracist therapists, using recovered memory therapies to derive tales of satanic ritual abuse similar to what they were doing in the 1980s or 90s when people recover these memories of, uh, of past lives of alien abduction these are not uh, these are often not historically accurate to anything that's happened to somebody a lot of assumptions go into that kind of therapy and a lot of times the narrative suggestions come, you know, a lot, yeah right a lot of suggestions and you find uh, just about 100% of the time that these Im most implausible narratives, when they come up in that kind of context, fit exactly what the, the therapist doing these things uh, already believed were going to take place. And they may think they're not guiding somebody or, or whatever else, um, but that, I think, is, is where we really are in this battle. We, we see uh, a lot of very disturbed people in the mental health profession giving people a certain crippling paranoia about uh, cults that never existed. And while they're doing this, they're actually uh, uh, distracting and harming the fight against real abuse, real traumatic abuse. And, 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 and if, I, if I were to express to, uh, one thing to anybody on this is check out grayfaction.org. It's a very lesser known aspect of the Satanic Temple that's very important. Gray action? Gray faction. Gray faction. All right. Matt, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Uh, you are excellent. I really enjoyed this. This is another, like like I said, I started this podcast uh, five, six months ago. If you would have said this would have been something we did an interview on, I would have laughed. But, man, I, I thought it was excellent. I can't thank you enough. Where can they find you? Where can our, uh, our listeners find you and uh, see what all the stuff you got going on? Well, we have a Facebook page where we keep our news feed active. Uh, we're in the news more often than you might think. You gotta keep, uh, keep a watch on our uh, website, thesatanictemple.com. Uh, grayfaction.org is G-R-E-Y uh, faction.org. And, um, and follow me on Twitter at Lucian Greaves. Lucian, thank and, you and so much. And you guys much. can check in with me anytime for follow-up as you, as you like. Uh, will you come back on Tim Foyle Hat? Did you, will you come back on our show? 
I, absolutely. Anytime. Uh, all right, man. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. It was one of the, the best conversations we've had on the show. And we uh, good luck with everything. We're going to stop by on the 13th. If you're there, we'd love to meet up. If not, we'll do this again very soon. Great. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, man. Greatly appreciate it. And take care, my friend. Okay. Good night. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's time for the Dream Donut. Check in with Aaron. That's right. Dream Donuts. Go to Dream Donuts on Twitter. Dream Donuts, the premier donut shop truck in Los Angeles. Aaron, thoughts? First of all, do I get a piece of this sponsorship? Yes. Uh, at least a piece of a donut. Like, yo, dude, we're going to bring you mad donuts, homeboy. <laughs> donuts mad from everything donuts. around me. <laughs> we're going to make it rain donuts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've always, uh, and I've, I've heard Satanism explained the way that it was on today's show, and, and, I mean, who could argue against it? Who can argue I just don't against? really care to be a part of anything, but. No, you don't want to be a part of any group. No. And I respect the shit out of but that. But I can dude. still totally do all the things in those tenants, for sure. I, I mean, love that's it. That's what I try to do. Guys, check out Dream Donuts, our friend, and real quick, Aaron, I know we gotta get out of here. But we want to do something really quick. We would like to, uh, if we could, read some. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of good feedback. Last week, we got the most comments ever on our YouTube page. And if you're watching this on YouTube, keep watching. Tell everyone you know about it. We got like 115 last time I checked, and it was nothing but love. Even yeah, love yeah, for yeah, Aaron. Yeah. And give love to Aaron because you have no idea. He's a big Aaron. part of this shit. He's a big part of the show. You guys think he does it. He knows what he's doing. He's part of the show. How do you find... And if there is any other guests, like we said at the top of the show, that you want, please do email us at tinfoilhatpod at gmail.com. What is this? What is going on? Why is this doing this? He's tripping with Tripoli. Did you... What is going on? Stop! Stop! Wait. There we go, you motherfuckers. Yeah, make no mistake, uh, fans of the show. You know, like, just like Sam is interested in all this stuff and hearing about it, I'm open to hearing about it, too. I, Man, I don't think anybody like, hates you. I think I they still enjoy like, the talk of it <laughs> and what goes on with it. And I think the truth is that uh, you're a big part of the show. We always appreciate everything you do. Uh, before we go, we just want to do the little... Yeah, come out August 13th. August 13th. Find it on the Satanic Temple if you're in L.A. We're going to be there. It's we from 9 to Steve 2 a.m. If there's any uh, round, brown, lovely ladies that would like to meet me in person, I would very much like to meet you Do they have to too. be brown? Uh, I prefer, um, you know, life's too short to bang what you came out of, right? I like that. What 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 date today? Seventeenth. So we're gonna go by July eleventh. Uh, some dude from Alabama, uh, Albany, New York, guys. The truth bombs are blowing my mind in bowels. I love it. Take a shit while you listen to us, huh? I can't hear my. I can hear my hair grow. By Fun Times Fapper, five stars. Sam, my hair is growing. And like, if it grows like fucking Ryan's, you're winning, my homeboy. Chinese cat, sunflower, five stars. Found this from the Duncan Trussell thing. Love all the connections between different theories. Top three podcasts. Thank you, bud. It's a long one. I can't read all of it. Uh, put a tank in the mall. Five five stars. Put a tank in the mall. Put a tank in the mall. Put a tank in the mall. Filipinos love you. Stevie Weeby. That sounds like an inside joke. We appreciate that. Uh, five star review. Good shit. Thank you, US Bull 92. And finally, 
makes conspiracies fun, five stars, doesn't take himself too serious like Alex Jones, and no topic is off bounds, is out of bounds. The the show makes conspiracies fun to listen to, whether you believe them or not. And that is the Absolutely point of the true. show. 100% agree. Aaron. We found it. We had our best week last week. Uh, I mean, our numbers exploded. All the Duncan Trussell people, all the Stevie Weeby people, all the Your Mom's House people, all the Doug Stano people, and all the what's happening, what's up, fool people. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and giving us a chance. We're going to grow. This is your show as much as it's my show, what you guys want us to talk about. And I love how it opened up with a little tension. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, tinfoil hat. But I think he understood after a while that we're quality. There you go. Aaron, thank you so much for everything, guys. Yep. Uh, it is, uh, you know, till now, we're doing another one. We got, we're putting out two this week. So I hope you guys enjoyed both of them. And, uh, nope, hold on. Both of them. I hope you enjoyed both of them. And uh, we shall see you on the other <laughs> side. And uh, take care, guys. We love you. Uh, tell your friends. Go on Reddit. Spread the word. Let everybody know. The show is only going to grow. Five stars. Thumbs up. All Subscribe. Things Comedy loves us. Our numbers are exploding, and it's all because of you guys. We love you guys very much. If you're hot chicks, hit us up. We love you, too. Any chick who likes conspiracies, you're in like Flynn, homeboy. And if you're not an attractive person, you're still my person, too. Look at me. I have gorilla tits. Who am I to judge anybody? All right, you guys are the best. We'll see you next week. Bye.